general grievance. Siblings, bring it in. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Smash and Grab Comics. This your boy, the Pretty Boy Comics, JP. And, as always, I'm sitting across the table from the one, the only, the manly man himself, the self-proclaimed king of comics, Tyler. Wow, that is a lot of honorifics, and I appreciate that. I've never heard that word, honorific. Uh, it's Mr., Mrs., Doctor. Uh, I'm going to use that for a lot. Like, I'm going to use that all the time now. Honorific. Yeah, that's a cool it, word. It's the never, it's like the, the title. The preemptive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, how have you been? Great, man. How about yourself? Good. Disney. I got to tell you a fun story. Oh, okay. Fun story. Here we go. Disney. Strap Pl- in. Disney Plus came yes. out. Um, so I've been watching Star Wars: The Clone Wars. Yeah. In episode two of season one, while talking to General Grievous, Count Dooku says genital Grievous. <laughs> I re I rewatched really? it three times this morning. Gen- genital. He goes genital grievous, and I'm like, what the? F-? <laughs> he does, and I had to go back. What I happens thought, if you turn the subtitles on? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> genital uh, so, grievous. So those uh, that are listening, <laughs> go to your Disney Plus um, season one, episode two of Star Wars: The Clone Wars. About two minutes in, I'll do it right now. General Grievous is talking to. I only got two percent battery though. Count Dooku, and Count Dooku refers to him as Genital Grievous. Genital Grievous. With a hard T? Yeah. I'm looking oh, yeah. it up right now. I went. I rewatched it like three times this morning. Clone Wars. Yep. Genital Grievous. I bet you'll find it if you could Google it, because I cannot be the only one that's ever heard this. All right, bro. I'm going to put your thing to the test here. Rising. Sure. Ma- the episode is called Rising Malevolence. has a picture of Genital Grievous right in the front. Yep. That's what this episode's called, by the way, Genital Grievous. No, it's called Rising Malevolence. <laughs> no, for our oh. podcast. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Genital Grievous. Grievous. Play. Did you find it? I found episode two. I'm just not, it's just not playing for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, you could go in about two minutes. I'm at a minute 14, but... My phone struggle, struggle bus. All right. Bro. Okay. So no, continue. I'll find it. Well, um, so anyway, that that was it. That was the story. Genital grievous. So, how what's been going on in your week? Um, lots of painting, lots of chilling, lots of working. Um, taking care of the cats. Um, friends' birthday parties. Um, yeah. Cool. Fun stuff, cool. man. It's all fun stuff. Are you Are you coming up on it? Uh, I'm, it- I'm doing like 10 second skips. I'm at 149 right What's now. What's on the screen? Um, Anakin and Ashoka. Okay, it's right after that. Okay, it's right after that. Tyler promises. Yeah. So, anyway, I forgot we're recording here. Yes, we are. So, I'll probably cut out this uh, <laughs> silence while we look for this. Yeah, right. <laughs> I told you. Yeah, he I does. So I mean, it's more like a general, general. 
Gen- yeah. But it, it, sounds it sounds like genital. so much like genital, genital grievous. grievous. Wow. <laughs> oh, man. So that was the highlight of my day. That's great. Uh, I, love I love finding, um, you know, mistakes and stuff. That's funny. I when, think that's just the inflection. Do you? I mean, yeah. I think it's a like. I a, think it, all, it's like a a rolling of the R. Gen- I think general general general. I <laughs> think that the actor said it by accident, and then genital the editing produce. people thought they'd just slip it in to be Gen- funny. General general. <laughs> you can't even do it on purpose. <laughs> trying to do it. Gen- you know, genital genital <laughs> genital grievous. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, that was. Oh, well, anyway, uh, uh, this is Smash and Grab Comics, where we talk about comic books and anything else geek culture. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, pretty much the only thing to talk about geek culture is Disney Plus. Man, it's just great. Oh, you know, um, I haven't watched episode three yet. Uh, wait for episode my three of Mandalorian. You got to watch it. Waiting for my stepson to get back from his dad's. It's uh, hot. We're gonna watch it together. It's awesome. Yeah, episodes one and two, amazing. Yes, three is even better. So they just keep upping it. Just. It's yeah. just awesome. Just yeah. an incredibly done show. Well done. Well done. Yes. Well done, genital grievous. All right. Uh, so actually, about comic books this week, mm-hmm. let's talk about Absolute Carnage. Absolute Carnage is the finale. Because it is finally wrapping up. Issue number five. It's probably got more tie-ins than any other um, um, event before it, because I think the list was like 20-some... Was, I mean, it was a universe-spanning thing, and Carnage was messing with everybody pretty much. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, th- I thought it was decent, but I, I didn't think it was more like worthy of the whole series as a whole for this as a finale. Right. I had I had several problems with this book. Never, you know, Maximum Carnage back in the '90s was the same way. It just fizzled to the yeah, end. Yeah. I just. I mean, I, I thought issues one through four were great, and then issue five here, I just thought it was a little. I underwhelming to me you know the series as a whole was a basically just a a vehicle to deliver new characters new information um it was a way to introduce eddie's son uh with these powers yeah so but i just thought as a whole like on this like ending this as a on an end note it feels like we're just back to square one like We'll get there. I mean, go ahead and go through the book here, and we'll we'll get there because things I want to talk about is m- much more to do with the ending of the book. Sure, this kicks else. off um, doing kind of a rehashing where they met. Um, that would have been in the original Amazing Spider-Man series, probably issue three sixty. You had a cameo of him, and then three sixty one, you see Cletus Cassidy as Carnage. Um, so this is a retelling of that. Obviously, there's information here that we didn't have during those issues um and then um it flashed forward to today where um carnage is fighting venom well i don't know if it's venom it's really a conglomeration of all the symbiotes and yeah eddie just wants his back he's maximum venom yeah he's maximum (laughs) venom all right um so anyway they're fighting it out they just keep going back and forth and catching him off guard eddie is able to defeat him here in a, in a little bit but i don't know i was a little bored during um this middle part like i don't care about all of the other universe characters being wrapped up in absolute carnage well like we got cameos the, of wolverine and the thing yeah. here and it's not that i don't care spider-man I mean, but give them something a little bit more to do other than just crowd control because yes just, you know what i mean it's just crowd control this at this is, point and then like, I, like why the end you, of issue four yeah where 
they come Carnage out. Carnage flew off into the yep. in the, up in the air, yep. and Venom's chasing him. And would Carnage just fly like a block? Because like I don't know. Like, yeah, because in this issue starts like, with them crashing back. Yeah, like that's crashing what I'm back down. They crash back down into the. <laughs> <laughs> into the the, the uh, maker's lab. Yeah, like they go. How, how far did you fly? <laughs> they go right back to where they took off from. Yeah. So, so the maker's like, lab, the and this is where the thing and Wolverine are Captain America, but uh, Peter Parker, Spider Man, Miles Morales, Spider Man. Why do we need to see all of this? It's just for just to, to let us know the setting. I guess. I mean, if you didn't read issue number one through four, you'd be like, I don't yeah. know. Like, yeah, but uh. Ultimately, Carnage gets the upper hand. He looks like he's going to win, and then out of out of nowhere, Cloak comes in with yep. a gaggle of reinforcements. Yep. And I was like, "This is your atomic bomb. Like, this is your reinforcements. Yeah. You have, like this cavalcade of sea level characters. Yeah. I was going to say that because Cloak and Dagger are well, boring. It's Cloak and Dagger. It's Morbius, yep. the living vampire. It's Deadpool. It's, it's Deadpool. Uh, there's Iron Fist, yep. uh, character I don't recognize off this the is, top of this my head. This is Scream. I mean, I mean, I know there's who Scream is. I thought Scream there. was a bad guy though. But, she uh, is okay. So and then, and then we've got um, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel's a good one. And then Rogue. I don't know who that that's is. That's not Rogue. Uh, I don't know who that is. Because so, none of the X Men are here. Yeah, some chick in a weird X Men like. But like, outfit. that's your trump card. Like, yeah. What? I know. Like, how does that help? Well, the good. And, all the big heroes are already there. <laughs> <laughs> but there's <laughs> there's nobody else. Nobody else. Nobody else you could have found. <laughs> they all had codices in them, so they were <laughs> they. I so the little guys never got to rumble with Venom before. Yeah, and guess what? They don't get to rumble with him in this book either, because this is the only page you see him in. I know. So it's completely useless. It's a useless thing. Yeah. And then and then we go back to. So then we see Peter Parker fighting um, one of the. He's he's, he's fighting, fighting the Norman, Norman Osborn mm-hmm. one. Um, it's hard to tell who's who in here, but he's going to protect Eddie and, or not Eddie, but um, Dylan. Dylan and Normie, Normie Osborne. And right as he's about to get killed, Eddie, uh, I keep calling him Eddie, Dylan, he busts out his power. So now I know which, which symbiote this is. This is Norman Osborne. There you go. And so um, basically Dylan blows him apart with these mental. Um, which is a cool scene. Yeah, he like mental rips him apart images. with some crazy yep. like. Eleven from Stranger Things. Powers. Yeah, it's very much like Eleven. He just <clears throat> concentrates and he explodes. just explodes. So very cool. Yeah, it's very cool. And great, then great scene, great one, big great huge art. page. Uh, I think like it's I, Ryan Stegman. Yeah, Stegman. Stegman's art is on fire in this one. Yeah, um, there wasn't any problems. I agree. With, with me. It is good. Like for this one, like he did, he pulled out all the stops. I think Stegman is one of the um, new up and coming, like gonna be. After this, yeah, hot, for sure. Hot artists. Him working with Donny Cates so much has been really great. Um, and him for and his for his reputation because, you know, it's going to get eyes on it because of Donny, and it's good. So it, it stands for itself. So I think it's he's going to be probably in a lot of comics coming up. Yeah, and um, Donny and Ryan, Donny Cates, Ryan segment were um, seen taking a photo with uh, in front of a Spider-Man poster at like the Marvel creative meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, no caption on it other nope. than just like big things are coming. And like, that could be cool that if, uh, if they wrote a Spider-Man story, that and, would and be, he cool. did the art. I'd be disappointed if they took over amazing Spider-Man because I like Nick Spencer. And I think with, um, uh, Donny Cates doing what he does, I think they'll do more of a mini series than anything else. Cause Donny's got a pretty busy, busy. plate. Yeah. He's probably writing five or six different comics. At once. Yeah. Um, anyway, jumps back to um, Carnage. Well, Carnage and Venom fall through the ceiling, and 
Eddie basically isn't taking his shit anymore, tells him he's not scared of him. Um, and Eddie, out of his suit, creates this giant sword, this medieval-type sword, and basically severs the carnage's spine. So I don't know if you listened to our previous episodes where we described this carnage where his he's got no middle. He just yeah. has a spine. So Eddie severed that and immediately felt all of those codices coming into him mm-hmm. um, to the point where he could see everything. He could see that Null is awakened by this and that Null's waking up and he's going to be coming after them. This is a really cool two-page spread. All of these um, alien symbiotes, they look like sperm um, coming out of, <laughs> coming out of coming out of Null's um, prison. The planet. They're basically yeah. they were basically there. They he's were the, in the center. Yeah. Yep. And so they're all bursting apart, and they look very much like um, Doug Mankey's early drawings of the mask. Sure. Yeah. Right. So Absolutely. if you look at like that this one, one right especially, there, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So. But yeah, I mean, Null wakes up, and he's on his way to Earth now, and it's like. I feel like we're just back at square one. This is where we were at after the first arc of Venom. Right. I feel like we're back at issue six. Yeah. Like, what was the point then? Like, well, I don't remember quite how they put Null away again. Um, I mean, basically In- Venom beat him, and uh, he put him back to sleep. Yeah. I don't. I, I. I don't remember the specifics, but that was so like. Not very long ago, that I can't believe they're redoing that again. They're well, yeah, it just feels Null like back. It feels like we time. just we just got done with this character. Like a yep. little while, and I, I didn't want this character to be done. I think there's a great future for him. He's a good villain. I think, but they, I feel like now we're 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 just starting the circle over again. Yeah, I thought that they killed him off too early before, or ended him too early, and maybe they're trying to re you know undo that mistake of ending him too ending the arc maybe. too early. But still, it just feels like. We're back at square one. I mean, maybe the only thing that I can think of is um, Eddie's got all these symbiotes now or, like, all the codices, so yeah. now he's on the same level. So maybe, like, Eddie's Eddie will transform into a much more badass version of Venom. But then it ends on kind of a somber note of just um, him thanking Spider-Man for protecting his son, and yep. then Dylan was like, did you just call me your son? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, like, the end. Like, okay. I know it was <laughs> That's weird. That's what I'm saying. Like it's like okay. Well, and, Spider-Man, ended with a little Spider-Man, little whisper, had, like Spider-Man a, had a good comment where Eddie said, "Thanks for everything. I owe you seriously." And Peter says, "Hey, what are whatever we are for, or whatever we are to each other for?" Yeah, it's like they're not friends. They're not enemies. Well, they're kind of enemies. They're frenemies, bro. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, Dylan overheard Eddie saying, "Son." And he goes, did you did you say I was your son? And then, yeah. yep. And then it's over. And yeah. it's just like, okay. I guess I, such a fizzle out and to me for a finale of this awesome Well, for event. me, uh, I want to where, – where's Cletus's body after Eddie severed the spine and then – I don't know. I mean, crashes to the ground. Because remember that cult brought him back to life. Well, without the carnage symbiote, he's a corpse because, yeah, he's, he's been dead. Yep, and so he crashes to the ground as with a corpse. No, with no, yeah, it's a corpse. There's no life to it. Yeah, and everything goes into Eddie. So, I think we're gonna see Carnage again. I don't know if we'll see him as. Um, I think there's Cletus be, Cassidy again. I think we'll maybe maybe see Eddie struggling with the Venom symbiote's voice and Cletus's voice in his head now because mm-hmm. he's consumed it all. Yeah, of it. 
Yeah. But yeah, again, you know, those are just like my few things that are wrong with this. It's just the pace is weird. Um, the heroes that they call in is nonsensical, and the ending it just kind of fizzles out for me. I just uh-huh. I was really hoping for a much stronger ending to this than what we got. And then now, and then Null's coming back. It's like, okay, it was right. like five minutes ago, and we just got done with him. I, like, yeah, <laughs> I agree. I agree. I'm just like, remember we both said that before we knew anything about Absolute Carnage. We both said they're killed off Null already, or they ended the Null thing already. Yeah. And I think you're right. I think they were like, that was bigger character than we thought. We need him for more stories for a while. And yeah, I'm just confused at the end of it. I'm like, yeah. It was anticlimactic for sure. Well, I feel like we've ended with more problems than we started with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Null's a bigger threat than Carnage. <laughs> which which I think that's what they were going for. Right. Um, is to bring up... So now we're at Absolute Carnage is done. Now we're in the Age of Null, and we'll see. Um, yeah, we that's really not will really see. what it's called. I just said that. Yeah. No, we really will see. For uh, sure. The Null Wars. The Null Wars will start. <laughs> There's always some kind of war. Secret Wars. Uh, war of the uh, Realms. Silver Wars. War Civil of the Realms. War. Yeah. Um, anyway, Marvel's going to have to do another big... Event. I know they yeah. are. So, I mean, all in all, good job on Absolute Carnage. This was a fun event, but I thought they fumbled it at the at the goal line kind of thing. Yeah. But, you know, I think the other characters being involved, I think we would have that would have felt a lot more normal had we read all the tie-ins. Um, maybe, but still. I mean, to get to where the ending of this is, mm-hmm. what's the point then? You know, know what I mean? What's the point? I know. That, that bringing in the... Uh, Bringing in the cloak and dagger and the and the people they brought in through his teleporting, might, yeah, like what the hell? You might as well just let Carnage win and then just be like, "Good luck dealing with Null." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that would have been funny. No, but like bringing those guys in for the one panel, literally a panel, not even a page. Because like that would have been a better ending. Is Eddie sacrificing himself to Carnage? Just take me. Yeah. And then Carnage envelops him and then wakes up Null. And then Eddie realizes that Null, the enemy of my enemy, is my friend. Null comes through, kills Carnage, mm-hmm. and then now you only have one threat to deal with rather than two. Yeah. Because you still, it's the same result. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, it was just so weird. It felt like, let's pack in as many heroes as we can. And I feel like Donnie Cates maybe had a great storyline up, up through issue three or four, but then just kind of... I don't know. Maybe just didn't know where to go with it by issue five because, like, that's where I'm feeling. It just, it just so all over the place. Uh huh. Too many questions, not enough answers. I I remember that, like I said, from Maximum Carnage because I read that as it came out too, and it was 25 years ago, and it wasn't any better. Yeah. You know, that was the same way. All of a sudden, it was just like over. Just boom, we won. Yeah. You know, that's kind of how this felt. And maybe that's how battles are won. <laughs> not really. I mean. And I feel like nobody won. Null's awake, and he's coming, in, he's coming back to Earth again. Great. Yeah. Good luck. Yep. Well, that's what... He's worse than Carnage. Yeah. I mean, in terms of power. In terms of power, yeah. In terms of, you know, villainy, I think Carnage is worse, but well, yeah, in terms of power... Because, because Carnage is local. Null isn't on, wasn't on Earth. You well, know? that and Carnage is a serial killer. I know. Yeah. Menacing, maniacal, evil bastard. Yeah. And Null's just a... Take over your planet, Warlord. Yeah, you know, I do really like the connection with Null and Silver Surfer, and I love that. I thought Silver Surfer Black was really good in terms of like a secret origin kind of thing. Yeah, and um, I mean, we get to see this origin of Galactus we never saw. Yeah, awesome um, stuff. Ego living planet and things like that we've never seen before. I yeah, and, I really and I like how they just completely placed it in a non 
descript timeline because Silver Surfer. It is, moved. All, it, moved, it moved in and out of time, really. Right, and Silver Surfer is timeless. Timeless. It's, it's just, what I would say. He's an, he's an entity. He lives he's, forever. He's operating outside of any time stream, and so he's a god. When he yeah. moved to the spot where he was. I'm not sure of the exact details, but basically he woke up Null at that time and Null was trying to use him to be a herald for him. Yeah. And he did infect him, but Null, uh, the server still thought for himself. Yeah. Now, I thought that, I thought that storyline was awesome. And, yeah. And I was maybe even thinking the surfer would show up at some point. but In this? Yeah. Right. Because they're both Donnie Kate's stories. Right. Somehow, some way, a surfer got called or something mm-hmm. in some certain way to uh, connecting to save humanity i don't know yeah, something that, that's that, that would have been at least more interesting than what we got on issue number five that, well even that wrapped up right silver surfer yeah. that all wrapped up that was probably a way better um i think storyline storyline wise yes art wise i choose stegman over uh trad Moore, but um trad Moore's thing you had to really um just go okay that's just what he's doing for this you know i know psychedelic a lot of people, yeah it's very psychedelic it's very it's very much like um, impressionist painting kind of thing. Yeah. It, it's it much more fit. Fl- it's much more fluid and liquid in entity fit, form. Than it fit for the storyline. You know, it oh, felt yeah. like you were in a Salvador Dali painting or something. Yeah, I really liked his book. I think that would have worked really well as like a motion comic. Adding a little bit of motion to that would have been really cool. Yeah. And awesome to watch and look at. It would have been cool. But, um, yeah. Yeah. So speaking of Marvel events, uh, where they're kicking off the 2099 thing. I did not get a chance to read this. How was it? Um, I thought it was a fair, f- fair, uh, f- fair to boring. Um, <laughs> Nick Spencer wrote it, so I'm a little disappointed because he's writing Amazing Spider-Man and he's great at that. Gotcha. This was um, basically Doctor Doom of 2099 is holding the Watcher uh, Uatu. Is that yep. his name? Yep. Holding him hostage and making him see all these events. Oh, okay. Okay. And then, so. So we're playing in the future then. Um, Nueva York. Nueva York <laughs> in Brooklyn. Um, so they're basically, for those that are not aware, they're revamping the 2099 um, storylines and stories, which they've kind of played with spider-man in and out of the last few years they've done spider-man was the one who survived that in terms of popularity like spider-man 2099 was the only yeah. one that really survived went, the 2099 push yeah in the 90s yeah 92 or something like that so this book now is the jumping off point for conan 2099 ghost rider 29 punisher fantastic four and spider-man and they're all going to be one shots they're not ongoing series no huh that's so. weird. I wish the Spider-Man would continue at least. Yeah. Because they've done probably three volumes of Spider-Man 2099, and they're all good. Yeah, I think this is going to be a very short, quick event. I think it's going to last a month. You do? Yeah. Um, Not that it's going to be bad. I just think that they're they're just going to try it and see how it goes first. Yeah. Because the original 2099 was not like a masterpiece or anything. It was kind of a, a product of the times, the right. 90s. Yeah, I mean, and, I liked and it. Was, it. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's there's good one, There's good stuff in there. There's I fun stuff my, in there. I still have my X-Men 2099 blue foil cover, <laughs> right, for number one. Right. Absolutely. Uh, I loved it. You know, I yeah. know it's not worth much, but at the same time, it. I think I stared at that cover for you, you know what i'm talking about oh yeah yeah and i stared at that thing for hours at a time just going this thing is so cool so cool man because it was a uh, you know cardboard cardstock foil cover so it it shimmered you know and yeah 
Um, it looked futuristic, but I like what they're doing here because this is like a 2019 take on 2099, yeah. not a 1992 take on it. Right. So it's different than what we're remembering. The vehicles are different. The um, art is obviously different. Um, I, I'm 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 all aboard. I mean, go ahead and I'll read them. Go ahead and try it. You know, in terms of um, Marvel Comics doing the 2099 stuff again. It, it it gained it gained cult following. You know, a yep. lot of people still ask for the 2099 books just because it has this weird kind of odd mystique about it. It was like, it's yeah, just it, different. Yeah, it was just something that Marvel did and just kind of Spider Man though up until like last year still had a title going. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I I hope it some comes characters back don't title. translate to the 2099 uh, at all. No, though, the like, Punisher in here is really not believable as another version of the Punisher. Yeah, like Daredevil doesn't need a 2099 thing. Ghost Rider like, here doesn't need one. No, um, there's some all, characters that just shouldn't be 2099. These are all pretty. I know, just the art is a little bit cheesy in this comic book. Um, like even Doom 2099 is pretty basic yeah very basic um and it's still victor so that's kind of neat i'm like trying to think how he would have survived oh he could he could be immortal for another 80 years past now i don't think he would have any problem with that probably not he deals with mystical arts all the time yeah but one thing i'm the most excited about is i really like the miguel character that is spider-man in this timeline yeah 2099 spider-man hell yeah he's cool uh, he's always been cool, man. Everybody, yep. everybody's like, he's the one who survived the 2099 push. Yep. And even until today's stuff, he's household name. Um, he, there's great video games with him. Yeah. Um. So, if you're thinking about picking up the uh, any of the 2099 one shots coming out ne- starting next week, uh, pick up this 2099 Alpha. I think it's called. Alpha yeah, it's one. kind of a, pre- a a preface. Yeah. Yep. Um. It didn't really have anything that was earth-shattering except for doom is keeping uatu uh hostage and making him tell him things that he can see which is good to know yeah good to know yeah so what do you think about something is killing the children Ooh, this book deserves a lot more looking look uh looking into than people are doing right now Well, james tinney in the fourth he was writing batman or either that or detective i think detective for the longest time but um this, this book the, is great. Love the artwork in here. I love the artwork. I love the story. It's kind of high concept, uh, but easy to understand. And, I don't know. Um, have we talked about this book on the show? Oh, yeah. So this is issue three. Yep. And we come to find out that the blonde girl that showed up in issue two. She was at the end of issue one. She was. Yeah, just I, just a small, like, she showed up into town. But if you haven't heard of this book, something that, something is killing the children, that's literally the story. Something is killing children in a small town. Yeah, and, and we're on issue three, and we've deduced that when that's happening, this girl shows up. Yep, and she's kind of a fixer of these situations, because what's killing the children is unknown. Unknown, it's, right. It's, and it's she shows up. Some sort of mystical beast, magical. She's being held um, in the police station. And she tells the cop, you're going to receive a call. After that call, you're going to say, we're letting you go, and I'm going to leave town, and the killings will stop. Yep. And it's like, what are we waiting for? Like, what's going to happen to make that call happen? You know, what events have to take place for the person on the other end to call the cop? You know? Right. I, I, that's what I'm wondering about. What are they doing? What's going on? Well, I think I like that because it kind of puts the reader in the same position as the townspeople. Is like, there's something that 
is so big that they don't understand that's playing out here mm-hmm. that they just need to step back mm-hmm. and uh, undo the belt a little bit and loosen loosen the grip on their this is our town things mm-hmm. like this don't happen here for sure well guess what's happening and i'm here to stop it so let me go and I, I love like her i really think this is the next book to make it big in terms of either a movie or a tv show i, I really do i'd put a lot of stock into this book it has a it opinion. has like a supernatural kind of feel to it the, yes the tv show yes uh supernatural winona Earp. uh if you're watching um van helsing on sci-fi it's very yep. much like that but i could definitely see this being a tv show or a film something um, something creepy is happening in a small town and now there's a stranger there that's yeah. supposedly gonna fix it it's very stranger things but with yep. a more horror-esque vibe in terms of like slasher it feels more scary than stranger things Scar- yeah that's what i'm saying stranger it has that vibe but but, but alien much kind of more feel to it. much more r-rated yeah but I, I just love the the character of Erica Slaughter. That's her name, yeah. um, and she's got this driver's license that printed on paper. Yep, she and he's made like, it. This she, can't she be real. Made, you know? just, he goes, "This isn't your real name." She goes, "Slaughter's a real name." Slaughter's a real name. And yeah. He goes, "Yeah, but I don't think it's your real name." Yeah, and he's like, "This is not even a license. It's printed on printer paper. It's you not did even this at la- Kinko's. It's he not goes, even laminated." She's goes, like, "You didn't even laminate it." She goes, "Social security cards aren't laminated." Yeah, this isn't a social security card. Not a social security card. But yeah, I just love the way that she talks, and I love her word balloons that are, are uh, her word balloons are so different. full of text. I feel like she talks fast. Like that's that kind of that's how I read it. I feel like she talks fast with no emotion or tone. Like when she talks, um, she has a lot to say when she talks. Yeah, like I can I can see the cop. I mean, I can try and do my best kind of inflection of what's happening here. But the cop says, "Ma'am." I find you in an empty motel room talking to a stuffed animal, and now you're feeding me bullshit. I'm not in the mood to be fucked with right now. I need to. I need you to answer the questions I keep asking you. And then, I just think with the way they jam pack her words in here, I just feel like the way that she talks is. You asked me where I was on a bunch of dates. I told you. If I look up these dates in the uh, places, you're gonna uh, find a lot of stories about little towns uh, with missing kids. And just, I just feel like she talks fast with no emotion, dead tone. Like it's all just transactional with her because uh, she knows that they're wasting time. I read it like she was like fed up with his um, being stubborn kind of thing. And she's like, you asked me where I was, you know. Sure. I, I kind of read it. It was like more punctuated, like where I was on a bunch of dates. I told you if you look those dates and if you look those places up, you're going to find a lot of stories about little towns like this with missing kids. That's going to freak you out, and you're going to want to lock me up and throw away the key, but it doesn't change the fact that you saw me getting off the bus. So I, I kind of read that differently than you, like almost like she's got all this information. She's going to lay it all out for him and still tell him why she's innocent. Sure, sure. I just think that this character has no time for um, theatrics. Bullshit. For crap. I don't yeah. think she has time for theatrics, and I don't think she has time for um, for being sarky, like sarcastic. Yep. So that's why I read it that way, and yep. I feel like that's the character. And the way that she's drawn, she's very deadpan, and she has no emotion on her face. Yeah. Um, it, I yeah, I, I really truly think this book is uh, is going to go far. But so she starts. She starts on. looking at their um, their conspiracy theory conspiracy board, <laughs> board right, where they've pin up all their notes and photos and timelines, and she's going, "Who is the first? And he won't tell her because she's a suspect, you know. Yeah, and so he's saying, "No, I'm not telling. You're not doing this. No, you know." And and, and I she's love saying, this exchange. It's great. She's saying, "If you tell me who the first one is, this will stop." 
And of course, he doesn't believe her. And then that's when she says the thing about the phone call that we we said a minute ago, which he takes that that she thinks this is a game, and he's screaming at her. The, the children are fucking de- or no, the, no children are dead, Erica. Like not fucking. Yeah. Um, but anyway, she's not. She is taking it seriously, but it's so matter of fact to her because she's gone through this over and over and over. That's why. That's why I just I read it like that because it's yeah. it's bullshit. This is all wasting time. Yeah, it's all nonsensical and it's all just bureaucratic dumbness. And why do you think that um, she needs to know who the first one was? Because she's trying to figure out where to start in terms of where it started. Yeah. Because she's she knows that these things that she's tracking have patterns and have cycles. She tracks she's tracked them and killed them like animals. Mm-hmm. You know, she's on safari. Mm-hmm. So she needs to know all the information up front so that she can kind of put a class on it. Because as she's talking to this little mystical stuffed puppet yeah. <laughs> their stuffed animal, which is like an octopus. Yeah. Uh, which we kinda got a glimpse of that in issue two. We'll uh, see it again at the end of this issue. Yeah. They're working together to try and categorize it. It's a it's a class A, class B, whatever. Mm-hmm. So so she just has to figure out what it is. And the more information you give her, it's like trying to read. It's like, it's like trying to read with only half the words. It's like the Umbrella Academy and the storyline they told for uh, the TV show, where these people from out of time are tracking things down and they've got to class this and got to class that. She seems like she's working for an organization. Like I like I said, it seems like the show Supernatural, where they're mm-hmm. hunting these things down. It's a, you know, it's kind of got a um, satanic vibe to it. It also has a little bit of a serial killer vibe. You know, we're just not sure of where, what angle the story's going because we don't know what or what is killing the kids. Yeah, no, I truly, and I love think it's going to be some kind of monster. I mean, it it, it is. We've seen it. Um, yeah, and it's just this black entity with red eyes and yeah. claws and fangs and stuff. But there's not; it's really nondescript, right? Right. In terms right. of an enemy, but um, ultimately through their exchange, um, somebody comes in and lets the police officer know that five more kids are dead. Yeah, and like you need you need to get on this now because mm-hmm. five more people are dead. And she really pokes the bear and she goes, "You wasted my time. If we would have skipped, if we would have skipped this, you know, skipped all this stuff." Five, five more kids wouldn't be dead. You know, I'd be out there stopping this. Yeah. And um, he ultimately lets her go. He realizes that this is way bigger and over his head, which I love about this character, this cop character. Uh-huh. Um, I love how he's just not, like, in his own, like, you listen to me, girly, you know no, what I mean? He's, like, he's, like, he's, he's forceful with her, and he wants to... He's 90% sure that she's guilty, but he's also that 10% is nagging at him. He's trying to do the right thing. He's trying to do his job. He's not trying to railroad her. Right. You know exactly. what I mean? He's. Well, and he just realizes that this thing's way bigger than him. Like, it's just, yeah. it's something that he doesn't understand. And the more time, minutes, seconds, hours that he wastes trying to figure it out and put the puzzle pieces together that don't fit, yeah. he's just, he, more kids are dying. Yeah. So he lets her go. Um, she meets up with... Uh, I, I have a confession. I have bought three copies of issue number one. I love this book. I really do. Um, I'd keep buying them because right now they're cheap, and if you can keep well, getting them cheap... The, right now, the one that's really going... The uh, Jenny Prison. Is the 
Yeah, that cover, the virgin version. Yeah. Virgin version. Virgin version. Yeah. That Genital cover, grievous. That cover with the teeth mask on her face. It's, right? pre- it's beautiful. It's and really the knife. great. Yep. Yes. And the knife reflection. Yeah. Yeah. It's gorgeous. Um, but she gets let go and she runs into the kid uh, who we've seen from issue number one. Uh, he was one of the survivors of one of these attacks and everybody in town thinks that he murdered all his friends. Yeah. Not true. Poor kid. Um, yeah, poor kid. Um, but they start walking and... He, He's walking with her. She says, "Don't you? Shouldn't you be in school?" And he's like, "Everybody hates me there anyway. They all think I killed my friends." And she's like, "Well, fair point." So uh, she starts talking to her little stuffed animal. It's like an octopus thing. <laughs> this is the first time we see that talking back to her, though. No, in issue number two, we saw it we in did. the hotel room, and we saw some entity come out of it. Oh, I'm gonna have to go back and reread that. Yeah, it's like <laughs> the last page on on issue number two. Okay, uh, there was like an entity, like a ghost. So out it's of it. responding to her, telling her that. What you're describing doesn't sound like an E-class. It sounds like a B, or is that right? Yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. Um, so this thing is more of like a, it's a confidant. It's a thing that helps her gauge field work. What what are these things and how are they categorize? So we don't know much about this I think it's a radio here. Um, of some kind. I think it's a two-way connection. I don't think the octopus is the thing. I think it has – I think it's a kid who's died, and the soul of the kid who got killed has been put into it. Yeah, that's an interesting. That's, that's my theory. Sure, and it's somehow has this connection with her. I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it's a family member of hers. True. Maybe it's a little brother that got killed. And that you know was what his mean? toy. And that was his toy. Sure. And she's bound him to it. And yeah. She helps. He helps her. Yeah. Or she. I don't know. We right. haven't really seen. The only thing we've seen is a little wispy ghost come out of it. I just don't think that this toy-looking octopus is a living entity. This is what I'm saying. No. Yeah. No. I think it's spiritual. I think it's ghostly. Um, but. Basically, we kind of end this with um, they're going to Erica, Erica Slaughter and the young boy who survived the first attack in issue number one. Um, they kind of ended on the Matrix line. Yep, I'm going to need guns, lots, lots of, of guns. guns, and that's this her is, line. This I'm need weapons, lots of weapons. Yeah. So, and that's the end of issue number three. Which not as much action in issue number three, but I thought this was a very, very awesome story, uh, character-driven issue. Yeah, and it gives us a lot more insight into Erica Slaughter and. She's not a menace. She's not an evil person. She's not we don't know. the bad guy here. She's the one trying to stop this stuff. Well, that's what we are believing right now. That's what I'm, we were led to believe, for sure. Right, so right but now, I feel like that's where we're at. I feel like we're going to probably she's behind some of it. I don't think so. I think she's just purely there to stop it. You shouldn't have dropped off Crowded. It is so fucking funny. <laughs> Is this a one, issue number one? No, 11. Oh, ten. I'm sorry. I, I saw it upside down. I was like, what? What is happening? No, it's 10. Okay. I got too much other stuff to read, so man. So in the previous issue, and they that's they took a break for a while after issue nine. Yeah, didn't they, they go fi- to Vegas, though? Yes. So they went to Vegas, and they ended up making out. Okay, so. Ooh, I know. Girlfriend. So this is the it's like Love Island. This is the. Uh, lesbian sex issue. All right. It's like every other page, and like they just are all over each other. Dang. And then, yeah, it's really titillating because uh, you didn't expect it at all from the story. No. Because V hates the person. If you haven't read this story, it's the story of in this world, apps are everything. So there's an app called Reaper where you can legally have someone assassinated if you set up a Reaper you account. You can basically crowdfund a hit. Yes. There is a million-dollar crowdfund on our main character. Her, what's her name? It keeps escaping me. But um, 
So she hired a bodyguard, which now the bodyguard and her have fallen in love. You're caught up, though. Nobody's killed him yet, but there's lots of people trying. Um, yeah, because she's the million-dollar bounty girl. Yep. Um, so there is a bounty hunter after them that um, is taking too long, so she got kicked off of one app that bounty hunters get work through. Sure. Okay. I, I love the character design on her, too, the, with the green lips and everything. Yeah. That's probably one of my favorites. She's yeah, great. and so she hooks up with another app because apparently – I don't know if the rules for capturing a Reaper account means that you have to work through another app or what, because the minute she got canned from one group, she sent out an application to another assassin app company. Sure. Um, In so, this world. So I Why not? I don't know if they have to be um, associated with another app. Well, that and who says what the rules are of this future world <laughs> i know i know so i'm i'm just saying i haven't figured them quite Did out we switch yet. artists no it's just a much um different tone because the characters are almost completely naked in half of this episode i just feel like v is much more muscular than she yeah. has been in the now past. that she's when she's not wearing clothes they really go too far with it yeah it's a little too much she doesn't look so butch anymore like okay before she looked like ellen degeneres but black and now she looks just, like... I think she's just lost a little bit of her femininity. But I, I understand that. I mean, that's kind of the juxtaposition of, of uh, the lesbian relationship. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. But um, I don't know. So, I thought prior to this, I thought the character looked different. Did you? To me. I don't know. I guess I didn't think that they had changed artists. Um, Christopher Sabella was... No, He's Cardinal Ray's always been on here. Um, Christopher Sabella was on our show in the past talking yep. about about this now that they're back because they took kind of a few month, month hiatus and now that it's back with this love storyline, it's still good, but it's lost its urgency as to hiding the two of them so she You think we've also killed. lost a little bit of our satirical tone that we originally started with the book? In this issue, yeah. It was much more of a love story here about them trying to figure out their relationship. She, you know, V is very serious and very straight-laced. And the girl with the hit on her is not – God, I can't believe I can't remember her name. It'll it'll come to me. But um, Charlie maybe? Charlie I think sounds right. Yeah. Um, but, like, this is page one, right? They're in a gas station bathroom – Basically humping the crap out of each other and just rubbing, just rubbing each other out. Yeah, that, that sounds awful. Yeah, I'm gonna but, take that back. But it was—it's <laughs> the truth. That's what was happening there. Okay, so, um, anywho. Oh my god. Um, yeah. So they make. So you're gonna continue. They're leaving Vegas. Um, this uh, uh, issue, they're leaving Vegas and they're Finally. going. Vegas was the worst place they could have gone. Yeah, and so they're going where V wants to go, and it turns out they're going to this bunker where. It appears that they're like a cult, and so they're welcomed very creepily with, we love you, come in, oh. we want you. Oh, all right. Dun, dun, dun. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I'm going to keep going because it's just fun. Yeah. For me, uh, okay, so see, there's V, see, picture of V right. in her original look with the yellow jacket, yellow or white shirt, yellow shoes. I just shoes. don't see her as muscly there. No. Like, you know what I mean? She's much more lanky. I think we were really trying to show. Lean muscle. How Charlie was chunky. I know if you go back to the sex scenes, sure. Charlie's kind of, you know, big hipped, um, big thigh, and V is tall. There's Chris Sabella right there. Yep. 
Yep, he's in a pic. He's a picture of him in the back of his own comic book. Uh, I mean, these are with fans, of course, but yeah. Um, anywho, I like the cosplay. It's cool. It's just looking at it. Yeah. Uh, anywho, I really like the story. It's going up and down as far as like whether it's hitting the mark or not, but sure, it's been a fun ride. And this was, although not super satirical in nature, it was really fun to just see them, especially V, like un clench a little bit and just yeah. uh, like seriously they were like bunnies through this whole episode or this whole issue and not really worrying about whether they were going to be shot or not there was no tension there was but it like they just weren't taking it seriously anymore like they were up until Vegas looking over their shoulder all the time I hear you now they're mo- much more on a Thelma and Louise kind of thing yeah yeah yep yep um so do I like where it's going right now? I'm like, I'm, where, I'm willing to see where it's going to go. Yeah, you're, I, ten, you're with, ten issues and you're invested. With Crowded, I'm... And at least you you like the story still. At least you're not like, meh. No, 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 no. It's fun. Um, it, I'm in it for the long haul, you know, kind of thing. I like Christopher Spella. I like his idea for this. And I'm interested to see how it works itself out, how long he'll go with it. Because I mean, we don't know if this is a mini or not because it's already up to 10 issues so i assume it's gonna it's be no longer a mini minis like cuts at six so yeah so anywho what else did you read i didn't there was something i didn't read excalibur um, i read excalibur issue number two and i read marauders issue number two yeah how were they excalibur's good um i really like the mystical part of it because it's really playing with the whole magic thing mm-hmm. um king arthur yeah yeah vibe. it's playing with the other world is what's a, or other realm or what that's called um uh and it's a very story-driven, character-driven with Betsy Braddock and Captain Britain. Yeah. Um, but Captain Britain has been stuck now into the other realm uh, with um, Morgan Le Fay, and she's turned him into her Black Knight. And okay. now Betsy so Braddock... So there's formally, a lot of allusions to the original Arthur. Oh, yeah, it's legend, very Arthur. Like it's, black, it's Arthurian. The Black Knight it's, and Yeah, it's an Arthurian realm. Yeah. And... Um, Betsy Braddock, formerly Psylocke, is still Psylocke, but now she's also taken the can- the man- taken up the mantle of Captain Britain. Mm-hmm. So she now wears that crest and uh, holds the sword and all that, and it's very knightly. So it's almost like X Men fantasy, which is fun. Yeah, X Men Dungeons and Dragons because it's it's towers and rooks and dragons yeah. and things like that. It's, it's cool. I yeah. like it, and it's fun to see the um, characters in the X Men universe play with Apocalypse because he doesn't really like to play nice in the past. Yeah, and now they're trying to get used to working with him, and he's just so deadpan like, uh-huh. it's like I don't understand why you guys yeah, you know he, like well, why you why do you oppose me like, well, you know, I'm, 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 I'm your friend like, like you're not our a, friend dude <laughs> Apocalypse is a god and right. he won't let go of his status when working with these people he's just almost like I could kill you anytime I wanted to He, but I love the way he's played off because he has no emotion he has not a care in the world other than just I'm a god. I can deal with it. He and seemed to have a care, though, when it came to the end of the last X-Men book where the two islands came together. Yeah. Um, he was really concerned about all of his kids being safe, um, one of those kids being that um, demon summoner kind of dude, yes. that white dude. Um, is any of that brought up in these books Not that yet. also have Not yet. Excalibur? Not or yet. Or also have Apocalypse? Not yet, no. Um, Excalibur's been kind of its own thing. So is Marauders, though. Um, Marauders is, um, I think, the strongest book so far out of all the X-Men ones. It's just been so much fun to read, and Kitty Pride has really um, come out into her own. What's she calling herself now, Kate? She's calling herself Kate, but at the end of this book, uh, there's a great line. Uh, overall story, though, is Emma Frost is working with the um, 
Black King, yeah, um, Sebastian Shaw, and they have their own kind of table. And she's the White Queen. He's the red. He's the Black King, and um, they need a red queen, so, uh, or red somebody yep, to. They haven't figured that. They haven't out figured yet. that out yet. But um, overall, Sebastian Shaw is still a businessman at heart. So he's been dealing under the table with the pharmaceutical drugs, yeah. and getting them to big markets where these markets need or these drugs need to go to like Africa and places that need them. Mm-hmm. Um, so Kitty uh, Emma is for has put Kitty onto the job of knocking his ships and and basically being a pirate. So Kitty might be the next queen, the Red Queen or whatever. Well, in the story here, she knocks one of Black King's ships and he's furious about it. He's like, "All right, I'll play nice. I'll play by the X-Men's rules. I'll play by Xavier Charles and Xavier's or Charles's uh, you know, playbook yeah. even though he's dead right now cuz yeah. he got killed in X-Force." Yeah, but they're not super worried about he's it. He's not been brought back yet. Not yet, but they're not super worried about it cuz they feel like they can bring him back. Um, that's kind of the overall consensus on the island and throughout the storyline is not everyone's like shocked it happened, but they're not super like concerned about it cuz they they believe that he they can bring him back. Yeah, so are they getting on that, bringing it back? Because, not yet. They haven't. Like, can you imagine being the one being revived and, like, you realize that you died two years ago? What the hell? What took you so long? <laughs> yeah, what? Exactly, right? What? Uh, two years? <laughs> but they're out doing their thing. They're pirating the open seas, and um, it ends up with Sebastian Shaw and Emma Frost fighting over who should be holder of the red chair. And Sebastian says, I have an idea. And then Emma says, I already chose. And then in walks Kate, Kitty Pride. Yep. And she goes, I'm the Red Queen, bitch. Boom. <laughs> That's the last line she in the says book. That, yeah. She says, bitch. Nice. Yeah, and she got the she got the tattoo on her hands, hold fast. Nice. Which is great. She walks into a, uh, she runs into Bishop, which who we saw in the X-Men storyline, who was right. hanging out in like Taiwan or something. Yep. Um, dealing with mutant uprisings or anti-mutant uprisings. Sure. And uh, they run into him, so they bring him aboard. And then while they're out, before they go back to Sebastian Shaw and Emma Frost, they get drunk one night, and she walks into a tattoo parlor. And then the guy's like, this isn't a bar. You're either getting tatted or you're leaving. And she's like, tap me up. So she got hold fast on her hands. Nice. Uh, Pyro got a skull tattoo on his face. Like over his whole face? <laughs> yeah. Oh god! So funny. He's very comic relief in that. And then uh, huge black skull too. It looks ridiculous. It's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible looking. You know the outline. I thought that he was going to do the outline, which was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then the next they, frame, they it's it like, in. Poof, it's just like it's on his face, and he looks oh, stupid. No. But it's funny. Uh, and then they, yeah, she walks that was in. Pyro. Yeah, she walks into Sebastian he is Shaw. Like, and, okay, this no no pun intended, but he is a hothead. Yeah, you know? exactly. And he'll do dumb shit. Yeah, just for and it's the original it. pyro too. So yeah. it's just it's funny. He's, he's very cockney. But uh, yeah, she walks into Sebastian Shaw and Emma Frost's office, and she's wearing the outfit, the kind of like she's got a captain's coat, and like yeah, I'm the Red Queen, bitch. That was That's great. Awesome. It was, oh yeah, it's just. I love it. So, Marauders is definitely the strongest. So, so you know, far. I kind of had to miss the boat on those first issues because money situation. So, well, that and they've when, just been selling out. When the um, trade paperbacks come out, I'll be getting those for sure. Because yeah. it's all Marauders these series. Is sweet. These series have a lot more connections than originally I thought they would. You know, like Charles dying in X Force has really impacted the whole thing. Right, and you're just like. What the heck? Why would they have killed him in X Force? Yeah, you know, I love it. I think the current City X Men is great, and it sucks that you do have to kind of read every single one to know like what's going on. But I, I like that in the fact of uh, a collector standpoint because it really does give collectors 
the need to get all of them. Uh-huh. I know. Like, I, X-Men is a united front right now in I terms thought, of all of their books I are th- taking place in a world that a status quo changes with each issue. And if you missed out on one, maybe you, you might miss a, a few things here and well, there. Yeah, like but, me, I mean, like, X-Force, that's a big thing to do is kill Charles Xavier right away. In that book, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm reading X-Men only because I thought, you know, big things would happen there. Hear you. Because that's a main title. Yeah. So when I'm reading X-Men number two, only number two... There is a reference to Charles being dead, and it says, "See X Force number, number one." And yeah, and you're like, "What the fuck?" I'm like, "Charles died in a a B level X Men book." <laughs> you know what I mean? That was a good book. I bet it. I know. I'm not saying good. that. The only one I would say skip is just New Mutants. New Mutants was just goofy. New Mutants is always dumb. It just it just didn't hit home for me, and like it just yeah, I felt dated. Yeah, it's. It's Teen Titans, really, for Marvel. Kind of. But, I mean, at least Teen Titans has some enjoyable characters. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit was boring as fuck. Sorry. But <laughs> it was. It's just not good, and it was just too comic too comical, and um, Star Jammers, like... I hate that. Oh, no. That is such a, like... So dated. dated. That's, I was thinking, I'm like, that is such a dated term. You can't even, or, up, you can't even update, like, their looks. Yeah. They look horrible. That's what I felt about. Of, that's what I felt about Scott Summers' dad. Right? Look out of like a Space Pirates movie that was made in the seventies. Like, yeah, and I, I think there is a movie called Space Pirates. Yeah, I mean, Crepes, st- the character Starman looks better than him. Ugh, horrible. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> tell me about Farmhand issue number eleven. So Farmhand uh, is a silly story about growing human body parts on trees as a way of helping those that need a replacement limb or organ. Um, we're up to issue 11 already, so it's kind of hard to keep, catch everyone up, but that's a basic backstory. Anyway, the situation is that those that have received a transplant from one of these farm body parts um, are starting to turn into vegetation of some sort, and it's now becoming a huge epidemic. So, huh. the- Sounds like Jeff Lemire's family tree. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but this came out first. I know, I know. Jeff Lemire's family tree that we did uh, last week that I talked about um, is essentially very similar story, but we don't have a farm in that. But much more of a horror take. Than there is this a is character a... turning into a tree in that book. Yeah. But this is like I don't know, fun and more silly satire and satire and cur- the art is cartoonish. Whereas Jeff Lemire's book, uh, Family Tree, much more realistic. Is, I don't. Yeah, it feels dark and yeah, yeah, creepy. Right. So I hear you. Anyway, so your tree book of the week. Yeah, two tree books back to back. Um, I liked it. We get to see a character that was fired earlier in the book, and he's back as a bodyguard. Um, I know it's not. I know it's not your cup of tea, but I think anybody that liked Chew. Or yeah, it's very, very. Or rem- Leviathan came out. Very reminiscent of Chew. For yeah, sure. it looks like Chew. It reads like Chew. I think you guys should check it out. I know it's issue eleven, but you can find the first couple trades. Ah, Chew. Ah, Chew. Yeah. So, nope, hundred percent. I I don't know. This is the third story arc. They're calling it third season, um, which is kind of cool. Um, like I said, the first two trades are out. Check them out if you'd like. 
fun, you know, sci-fi kind of horror story. Oddity But books. in a silly way. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you said that a couple of years ago when it started or a year and a half ago mm-hmm. that you you just felt like you wanted a book that was going to be like Family Tree. Yeah, I think, got, I, I think I should just read Family Tree because that seems like that's the book that I would like more than this one. And then what you got was a chew version of that. Yeah. And almost like a goon version of that. It's mm-hmm. very like Eric mm-hmm. Powell. Yeah. Which I love Eric Powell's stuff, but if I want to read Eric Powell, I'll go read Eric Powell. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's it's not for everyone. I'm I'm digging yeah, it. I'm not dogging it's silly. on it. I'm not dogging on it. It's just not a book for me. And that's the thing about being a collector, we've talked about that many times, is if you are a fan, it's just you can like what you want to like. Whatever. You know it's funny, this is more Jeff Lemire than Jeff Lemire's um Family tree. So, so confused, bro. A life. What does it mean? Because you know, why am I here? Jeff Lemire's done silly stuff like Sweet Tooth, right? Right. And then now he's doing a lot more serious stuff lately, um, which he should be. He's doing way more horror than than his silly be. stuff. Gideon yeah. Falls is amazing. Gideon Falls. Joker Smile was awesome. Yeah. Killer Smile. Sorry, Killer Smile. You should definitely read Family Tree. All right. I I'll, think, I'll, I think I'll check it out, bro. Just read it. Get back to me. I want a two-page report. Monday morning, thousand pay, thousand words. It's Saturday. No double spacing. It is Saturday night right now, so you I'll change get, the. I'll change the font from to our, uh, from twelve to fourteen. Our listeners will be hearing this on Monday. By that time, I should have JP's report in my hand. Sweet on Family Tree. Italicize, double space. No four, double four, space. That's 14 cheating. Point font. You know what you can do. Um, you can. Um, and I would do this all the time. Anytime that you hit the space bar, you can change the spacing just for that up to a higher amount. Yeah. Um, you get more out of it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> you know, they teach you now in writing not to hit. Okay, you finished it, did it, period. You wrote a sentence. Next sentence, you used to have to hit space, space, start. That's out of the game now. It's one space. Now, yeah, the rules have changed. One space. One space. No yep. double space. No, and no, that double space shit. Yeah. Quit double space and um, that's cheating. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the paper, it's what well, you only just you jinxed out somebody for like 10 words. Like, calm down. I know. <laughs> yeah, schools are stiff lately. Yeah. <sighs> so, what else is new? We got, we're at 58 minutes. Oh, two minutes of. Hot takes, hot, hot topics. Hot topics. What's um, hot right now? Me. I'm, Jesus. <laughs> I don't know if you notice my my uh, cool porno stash. I'll shave, shave, shave my chin, then I can keep it. There you go. <laughs> I'm going to grow it really long. And then Are I'm you gonna, really? Yeah. You like wider pit? Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then maybe if I get some cool wax, I'll wax it up. I mean, I? Cool wax? What do you mean? Some... Well, wax that works. Some wax, I guess. It, cool was not the cool was not the right word. Some good wax yeah. that'll work. I've used mustache wax in the past that lasts like two hours, and then it's and drooping. It's drooping. Oh, yeah, that's funny. Yep, gotta get go out to Deadwood and get some. <laughs> Deadwood. <laughs> I'll guarantee you, you find a guy who out there will sell you some good wax. Good, good wax. And then, and then he'll be like, "Do you want good wax? Or you want cool wax?" <laughs> <laughs> I think that's going to do it for tonight's episode. We're just going to ramble. So. All right. So uh, I've been Genital Grievous. and <laughs> I've been Cool Wax Jones. Cool Wax Jones. <laughs> See you next time, it's guys. It's time to go. Bye.